La spinach ou la bouchon, cigarette pour le béton, ça reste spagaletto, t'es la tout la tila And then there's just a huge number. I could just watch the whole thing again, it's so good. Spoiler alert! The factory worker and Ellen end up homeless, uh, but hopeful. Welcome to Syndication, the only podcast with a crippling salt addiction. I'm your host. Oh, wait, no, I forgot the other thing. Spanner wrenches, <laughs> dirty faces, and paddy wagons. This week, we discuss the 1936 slapstick comedy classic, Modern Times. I'm your host, Tyler Young. Hey, Tyler. And I have two comrades with me i don't know <laughs> two people with me what, what what's up uh person number two yeah yeah my, my name is devin ellis mm. hello everybody right. devin ellis right yeah thank you mm-hmm. i it's, swear every time yeah I forget. yeah it's, it's tough i, I ask not for the audience but for me right no i understand they know who you are i love the part where we ask you your name and then you tell us uh because ellis yeah, get it? Devin, tell us your last name. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Matt Nose Candy. Uh, <laughs> that, that they called it? No, they called it something else. Nose right? Powder. Nose Powder. Was it Nose Powder? Yeah. yeah. Uh, surprising that they dealt with cocaine in this movie. I thought Did so not too. Expect. I, I made a note of it thing. when we were watching the movie. I didn't think about it too much. <laughs> I didn't find it that crazy. <laughs> I feel like we should put that on your tombstone. Devin Ellis. I didn't, I didn't think, think about, about it too much. much. <laughs> <laughs> now is that us not thinking about him too much or him not thinking about what killed him? Hey, man, I'm just living yeah. in the moment, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like think. a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> just outgrowing your surroundings. Isn't that's, that what you, that's what you're going at, right? That's the mm-hmm. angle that you're working with, that he's going to get too big for his bowl? Sure. Hey, talking. Devin, what are we drinking? <laughs> We are drinking uh, uh, flat gin and tonics uh, because it was too hot to go to the liquor store. So you did, did you purposely pick flat gin and tonics, and why why, why flat? Devin? Yeah, well, I went I went in our fridge right, and I saw that we yeah. had uh, tonic, and yeah. then I went in in our freezer and I saw that we had gin. Okay, right, and so I mixed the two together, only to find out that the tonic had been sitting in the fridge for a while, but it was the only bottle that we had. Oh yeah, <laughs> and at least we're drinking alcohol, right? That's the goal here. At least we're drinking alcohol. <laughs> Damn straight. I mean, after a glass or two, this will taste pretty great. Yeah, maybe just halfway through. It's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they call music made by people that are drunk on uh, gin from the future? Oh my god! That is a, a crazy <laughs> setup for what whatever you're about setup. to say. <laughs> Electronic. Can I have the setup one more time? No, I don't remember it. <laughs> wow, that was it's a long walk down a short uh, plank. Hey, this movie is modern times. 
but it came out in 1936. What? what? That's not modern. Weird. <laughs> yeah, so I picked this movie this week um, from a list. Why That's you how do? I picked it. <laughs> What's up? Why you do that? Because I saw it on a list. Nice. And I went, that one has Charlie Chaplin in it. Hey, I, I know sh- that guy. I know him, but do I really? Turns <laughs> out, no, I don't. And uh, so we, I, we picked this movie. I picked this movie, and it's great. The end. Podcast over. Bye, guys. guys. (laughs) Uh, Good one. Good one, guys. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Uh, So the movie, the synopsis, I'm going to try to be real quick about it. It's a lovable tramp who works at a factory uh, during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. I think it takes place in 1936, a year as films, I'm assuming. Sure, why not? Uh, It's a silent-ish movie, mostly silent. Silent-ish is a good example. So I wanted to ask, where was this his first or one of his first talkies it was the first time that his character uh had ever talked like the the that song at the end was the very first time anyone had ever heard the the tramp speak how far into like i don't when 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 was sound introduced to film i don't know this i don't know the exact year but at this point talkies as they were called had already been a thing and so he was kind of criticized for it but he was like look the tramp character like doesn't talk. That's his whole thing. He pantomimes. That's how he communicates with people. It makes him more universal, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, because then afterwards he did um, he did a bunch of other movies, in, uh, including The Dictator. Yeah, where he talks a lot in that one. Oh yeah, all over the place. But Has that famous speech character. at the end? No, completely different. So this is the last time also that the the little tramp is in a movie. So mm. it's the first time he ever spoke, and it's the last time he was on film. And so it's it's him. It's basically the whole movie is a satire on the lower class and how they and like their struggles during the great depression in industrialized America that was really, really, really all about gains, you know, which hasn't changed. That's still the reality that we're living in. Like, you know, look at Amazon today, you know, like exploiting the shit out of their workers for getting that package, same day delivery, you know, Got to move that assembly line a little bit faster. Yep. You got to use those wrenches and (laughs) turn those cranks. But Uh, I really need that cat statue that I ordered on Amazon today. Oh, the one with the little (laughs) hand that moves and looks like it's waving? You have to have that today. Today. Because if I have it tomorrow, I might regret my choice. (laughs) I don't care how many stops that guy's got to do on his delivery route today. I don't care. I want my gratification, and I want it now. Yeah. Can't get no... Uh, so it's just kind of, it's just him, like, it's just following this factory worker from, uh, having a nervous breakdown, then being unemployed after, after going into loony bin for a little while, uh, then getting arrested for being mistaken, uh, for leading a communist (laughs) march, which is really just like a, uh, like a union protest. That scene was great. Uh, for those who who haven't seen it, he's just walking down the street and a flag falls off a truck (laughs) and he picks it up and just starts like trying to get the truck's attention (laughs) and then a whole crowd of protesters just follow behind him. So many people (laughs) just out of nowhere with all these signs and stuff. He doesn't even notice. (laughs) And then when he's getting arrested, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like looking around like, where are all these, where are all these people come from? (laughs) Oh, I love it. So it's so good. He gets arrested and then, you know, they show what's going on in prison. He ends up uh, helping out some guards by accident because he's all coked up by accident. He's kind of like a Mr. Magoo with sight where he just like, falls into you know narrowly escaping danger all the time Hmm. you know sometimes literally on skates like mr magoo would 
Actually, he's blind in that scene, so that's absolutely Mr. Magoo. Uh, or just by being a you know a lovable, you know, hapless kind of like naive, childlike character, you know, like a uh, like a which Pee Wee Herman. Got it. <laughs> he's like a Pee Wee Herman character, so he gets arrested a bunch. He, Many times. He gets arrested like eight times in this movie. And then he runs into basically his female counterpart, like another little tramp, but a the gammon? Gamming? Gammon. And despite the fact that she's homeless, she has like perfect eyeshadow all the time. <laughs> and her like Don't raggedy clothes is like that. clearly a nice dress that was just had some cuts put into it, you know? And her hair was I don't think always she was just homeless. Right. I think she was just poor, right? Because she, she was well, homeless. she eventually became homeless, but right. she had like a house with her dad and her sisters. Right. Never had they, shoes, though. Never had shoes because <laughs> they were poor, and she was stealing bananas all the time. <laughs> and then it's just like the two of them trying to survive and make it. Uh, and then they basically just kind of like at the end, like we have no jobs, we have no home, we have nothing. We're yeah. just on the road, and they uh, walk off into the distance together. Holding hands. Holding hands. <laughs> and that's the last time you, you see the little tramp ever. Just to get out of the way, I fucking love this movie. It was so good. Did you like it, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I love this movie. Me too. Way, way more than I ever thought I would. It was an hour and a half, and it just flew by. I was super into it the entire time. I was surprised. I've seen a couple of scenes from this film. Um, I didn't remember as much of it as I thought I did, but... Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was great, and it holds up super well because it's yeah. just physical comedy the entire thing, you know. So it doesn't really stale at all. So I have like just a handful of things I wanted to touch on, and like one of them, the only one that's really a criticism is it doesn't feel like there's a plot so much. So it seems like, and and I think this is true of the era, right? So it's not a criticism of like him or this film in particular, but it seems like they just came up with the ideas for the gags and then found a loose way to connect all those gags. It does not seem like they're telling a story necessarily. Yeah, it was kind of like a um, like a bunch of Three Stooges vignettes, like all strung together into Lo- one, loosely connected. Yeah, yeah. And then that's like, but I feel like isn't that all of his movies? I haven't seen any. Yeah, of yeah. I think, and that's just true of comedies from the time, right? And like, I kind of loved the movie for that, the fact that that's kind of what it was. It was a comedy. It's a slapstick comedy, but <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's the closest I come to a criticism. Is is that, and I don't. I think it's just how movies were made. Then is it was all about the spectacle almost, right? So like, you yeah. think up the idea for the gag or the spectacle first, and, and then you retrofit a way to get it into your mm-hmm. overall structure. And my God, I love those fucking spectacles. Yeah, they're great. The, the machine. Anything. Anytime they were with a huge machine, I was like, yes, more. <laughs> it, it made me feel a, a lot like. Um, reminded me of Metropolis a lot. Yeah, yeah. That first scene especially. Yeah. Uh, that gear scene when uh, Charlie's Cha- Charlie Chaplin's character is just like running through oh, the gears, my God. so good. Uh, is it's so good? <laughs> it's I don't know how they I don't know how they did that one actually. It looked uh, it looked really cool. I want to say there were like slides that he was sliding on. Yeah, but part of it was like partially hidden by the the gears in the front that you're looking at. He, he was definitely on like something that was moving him though, right? He, he was, I yeah. think so. Had to have been on some sort of conve- conveyor I, belt. No matter what, it was a, dangerous. I saw a cut when he started going back up. So like, it's definitely. I think they did in reverse. They did yeah. it in reverse when he went down. Definitely. There's definitely two parts to it. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, so, they did a lot of crazy stunts back then. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Buster Keaton one, the really famous one, where the whole fucking front of the barn falls down? Yes. Yeah. Like, I've seen that scene specifically. Could have died. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. They're just like, stand here <laughs> and pray. There's a bunch of times that I was afraid for Charlie Chaplin. Like, oh, oh, he's going to get hurt. Like, um, the machine, the feeding machine. The corn on the cob is like yeah. slamming him right in the face, That's and how you he, lose he's a tooth. Like, Oof. And then spinning like super, super fast right in his teeth. And he's still like, like putting his teeth in there. I'm like, that looks so fucking dangerous. I was thinking a lot about that. I was like, I was wondering if they gave him control of it so that I don't, I don't know how he could have because letting someone else control that is just downright dangerous. Yeah. So he's hanging from that chandelier oh, <laughs> or not shit. a chandelier. It's like a, a, um, a hook, a crane, crane end or whatever. Right. Yes. That looked real. A like he's just, it was a chain. It was yeah, just a chandelier, like, you know, it was just <laughs> a it. hanging chain and he was just hanging onto the chain and swinging out way up in the he air. Was real high up. It looked like with no safety nets because yeah. then they show him just like hopping off and talking <laughs> with everybody again. Like I do know that, uh, the scene where he is in the department store and he's skating blindfold and he's coming Loved right it. up to that. Love that scene so much. Uh, really? It's, <laughs> yes. It's, it's really like good. maybe my least favorite scene. Oh my God. What? He's so good at skating. Number one, he's his physical comedy. I've I've never really seen anything quite as like spectacular. It's yeah. just his movements, his fluidity, like the fact that he can skate and with the blindfolds on backwards and figure eights and swinging the cane around. I was getting... genuinely surprised. I was like, hot damn, this yeah. guy can skate. Yeah, <laughs> for real. He's a circus act. He's amazing. <laughs> um, but I do know that that scene, the uh, the the fall that he was coming right up to the edge to was superimposed uh, mm. on the uh, on the camera. It was like when you one of those. Said it, I saw it. Yeah, but I didn't notice at first. It's like one of those cutouts where it's all you know painted to look exactly like it, and they just put it close to the lens so it covers up. Because <laughs> you notice like the camera doesn't move in that scene. Right. You know. Um, it looked really cool though. It looked it looked really good, and and I don't think I would have noticed if I hadn't already been aware. I of didn't the fact. really. Yeah. You know. It looks good. So this was uh, written and directed and starring Charlie Chaplin. Like, really? Yeah, it's all him. This is his movie. That's great. And was, uh, wasn't that true of most of his films? I think all of them. Yeah. I think it was like he's just an entertainer. So like, his first movie is I think it was his first movie. It was like back in 1914 when he was like early 20s, like maybe late teens even. Like he's been doing he had been doing it most of his life. Like that was his thing. He was an entertainer. He was born in what 1889. Yeah, in the late 80s, uh, 1880s. Yeah, I think it was that. Which is crazy, by the way. Yeah, so it was like late 40s, early 50s in this. Like, I was just looking at pictures it's of him. years before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Oh, damn. He, uh, <laughs> he looks way different in real life in, in 1936. Like, they aged him way down to, like, keep his look as... He's got as, makeup and stuff on, right? For right. the character. So, oh, like, yeah. he has, like, he has completely gray hair. He has, like, you know, lots of wrinkles. Like, he looks like an old man. But then, you know, as the lovable tramp, he's, like... She, you know, they, they put tons of makeup all over his face, did the eyebrows, colored his hair. And uh, we were just talking about it, Matt, but there's a couple of points where he, like... Or at least one point, he takes the hat off. Yeah. And all, like, the... 
hair coloring went with it on the yeah. sides. <laughs> so you just white on the sides. And he's doing a lot for his age. I remember, do you remember when he dived? I can't believe he's that age yeah. in that movie. Do you remember when he dived into that super shallow water and just like does a roll? Yeah. Yeah. And like then he gets up. He's like, oh, my neck. Yeah. <laughs> he just dived head first into really shallow water. Like there wasn't any trick to that. It didn't look like. It looked like he just did it. And right in the mud. New to roll. I don't think there's a lot of tricks to a lot of movie right. making from this era. <laughs> They're just like, all right, we got to do this thing. Let's just. Do it. <laughs> like every time he got arrested, the police would just like throw him violently in the back of that car <laughs> into the wagon. And uh, you could see him like, <laughs> like sliding in. It was did, amazing. Did you see the final time when he accidentally threw the brick at the police officer? Yeah. Um, and then they throw him in. And I, let's say there's like three policemen. Two of them hop on real quick. And the third one is reaching as it starts to go. And it like yanks him Whoa. up into the air. And he like pulls himself on like right as they're leaving frame you can tell he's like oh my god i did not not see that (laughs) that is great it was almost terrible it was like almost a problem okay so completely aside i might cut this but uh we were just watching this awful uh reality show Devin and i called married at first sight that Uh, was the one tyler was almost on yeah i was almost on that because they they reached out to me the path not taken (laughs) it just reminded me there's there's a scene where they were like trying to like make this like amazing st- establishing shot like we're gonna run because he's one of the care one of the characters one of the guys that they were filming was a he's a fucking character. it's a character yeah yeah I was gonna none say. of it's real he's a he was a firefighter and so they're like oh what if we're like riding on the back of a fire truck down starro drive because it was in boston you know without any safety equipment or anything he's just standing on the back hanging onto a pipe you know on the back of a, a of the of the fire truck down starro drive like 30 40 miles an hour with traffic behind him and they had the camera going and you could see on his face he's like visibly like trying to be like yeah like this is this fun <laughs> and then he'll like shift his weight and like grab something because he's inches away from death like right. if he fell he'd be dead <laughs> star drive is it would be crazy to drive on the back of a truck it looked like it was star. a mistake like everyone made a mistake filming that scene and they just no one died so they just kept it anyway but you can see it in everyone's face are like ooh let's just okay let's get off this road <laughs> <laughs> and you're stuck when you're on star road drive you're stuck wait you, you can't take a fire truck down star road drive i wouldn't think so right i thought that as well they have clearance i uh, think it might have been one of the sections like where you could turn off before you get to the low rise bridges I mean, it was definitely Starro or um, Soldier's Field Road. They only needed like 10 seconds of footage, you know? Anyway, it just reminded me of that. I didn't want to bring it up. This is <laughs> so, so funny. Uh, Did you watch that at all after? Because Tyler told you he was, uh, might have been on it, right? Yeah. No, I didn't ever watch it. Oh, man. It would have been so good to see him on that show. We kept watching I that first episode, that episode just thinking of like me in place of any one of them. It was... And it's, Makes oh, no man. sense, like because <laughs> they're all like you know dramatic and and putting yeah, it up yeah. for reality TV. Or Everyone's whatnot. crying in the it's first how... episode. They never met, and they're still crying about the idea of getting married to somebody. <laughs> this is who I am. I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, and Tyler would have told him like, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting getting fourteen grand, <laughs> right? Because my whole thing is like, you approach me for a TV show, and your idea is insane, but I'll do it for being on TV and for fourteen thousand dollars, but. There's no way in hell that I think getting married to a stranger is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to work for my benefit. No, 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 but they consult psychologists. The experts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they kept talking about these vague experts that matched them up expertly. I don't know if they ever actually, like, they talked, they did talking head pieces with people who were producing the show, but, like, are these the experts? I don't know. All right, we're talking about modern times, okay? <laughs> this that's, is modern that's times. That's modern times. When people get married, we got too modern. Unseen. Too modern with it. I don't like it. We gotta go back <laughs> for to television. Ni- 1936 modern. That's right. 
so this movie, by the way, was the first Charlie Chaplin movie um, to have any kind of like political leaning to it. Everything hmm. was just super lighthearted and just like, I'm going to be a plumber and like watch me fuck up someone's house. It was a know? communist movie, right? Because he was a communist in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, because it was the first one to like be talking about the plight of the lower class, you yeah. know, and, and the struggles of unemployment. And it's also like smack dab in the middle of the Great Depression. Yeah, you know, in thirty six. The way that was it was twenty nine to thirty nine. Wasn't really. It's a little on the tail end, but yeah. I love how it was. It was showing like the you know the 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 plight of the lower class um, by like how they were the feeling of being a cog in the machine by literally throwing people into the cogs of the machine and getting <laughs> caught into it, you know? Brilliant, you know? It's it's super funny, but then when you pull back and look at it, like, that's a really great, like, they're getting sucked into the machinery and pull back out and like, get back to work, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, really, I really liked, you know, I thought they touched on, you know, the Great Depression that was happening at the time and the general industrialization. The Great Depression and, mode. And for profits, <laughs> yeah, that the times were. Um, I, I thought it was all pretty surface level, for the film, but I thought it was good. It wasn't I, super deep. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, they did that in the co- in like being stuck in the machines twice. One with Charlie Chaplin, one with his boss, who was like the official mechanic. Yeah, which that scene is great because he his boss gets stuck, so only his head is like <laughs> popping out of the machine. He's like stuck in all these cogs and stuff, <laughs> and they can't start it because he's because there's on it's lunchtime, and I guess the machines shut down during lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, right, fine. Lunch. Sorry, I can't. I, I can't. I got to eat lunch. <laughs> and so he's like, fine, then get me my lunch. <laughs> he grabs this ridiculous sandwich of like two halves of a loaf of bread with a fish stuck in between it. <laughs> That's so good. Feed me my lunch. Just put it on my face. <laughs> um, I love... When he goes to prison, his uh, relationship with the with the police officers, when they, like give yeah. him preferential treatment, he has like the really nice uh, the really nice cell. And I then, love that like there's just a police officer like in there hanging out with him when they come to get him for the war. Hey, how's it going, Tramp? Yeah, just, <laughs> just chilling out. And then like other police officers show up and they're both like, "Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, you got a message? What's up?" You know. And then they're like, "Yep, so you're freed." He's like, "I don't want to go. I I like it here." Like. <laughs> the fact that he preferred to stay incarcerated over trying to survive the industrialized world was funny and sad and like really like pointed at the time. Like, I mean, like, that's a real thing. Boy. Yeah, right. That's the right. thing that's still happening. Like people, people get arrested on purpose, and, and they definitely did back in the day, um, just so they would have a place to sleep and food. You know, that's a thing I actually have thought of before. Like, if I had ever like gotten so low in life that I was just homeless and begging for change, like I was thinking, like, why would? Like, why wouldn't I just be a thief at that point? Like, because then I'm getting stuff for free by stealing it or going to prison where I have three squares a day and a roof over my head. You You're know, like, why wouldn't I? Tyler is a criminal. And no, no, no. If I had no money, money, I would be a criminal. But I t- do have money. <laughs> just enough to not be a criminal. Just, just enough. <laughs> just enough to not steal. And to be... Clear, I would be stealing from businesses and corporations, not little businesses and not people. Yeah, you steal from like Target, not from like exactly, you know, small businesses. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit up a Dunkin' Donuts for some breakfast, not like you know, the mom and pop shop down the street, <laughs> <laughs> or get locked up and go to prison and then, like, hey, now I'm all set. Yeah, when he's trying to get arrested, that's great. He just like 
he goes to love when he can't get arrested (laughs) (laughs) yeah but when he finally i think he ends up no he doesn't get arrested this time but he he goes and he like dines in ditches and then he like he just calls in a police officer and he's like hey can you pay for this and the police officer's like no yeah well because he was like (laughs) pay for this since i'm already being arrested might as well just enjoy like his the the police officer's on the police box like calling in the paddy wagon while he's standing (laughs) he's like oh yeah i'll take a cigar and uh oh hey kids take these humongous candy bars (laughs) the police officer's like hey what the fuck no and And he's like oh yeah he'll pay for it (laughs) the shopkeeper's like well i need to get paid the police officer's like i don't know what to do for you but this guy's a criminal so i'll add this to the charges don't worry (laughs) i'll arrest him that's what i'll do for you oh speaking of which i love that you and i devin were watching it we kept lips lip syncing like not lip reading there lip reading yeah lip lip reading where there wasn't any dialogue cards it's it's actually kind of a lot of fun yeah and then you do it in the voice of like hey (laughs) and that 1930s like why i gotta and actually we saw that scene so like uh charlie chaplin's character the little tramp uh-huh. doesn't have an official name in this film, but you can see uh, the gammon, uh, the woman. Uh, so her actual character's name is Ellen Peterson, but she's known as the gammon. Oh, I didn't know she had a name. Did they ever say that? Yeah, because they have that, like, wanted. and you know. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So Ellen, uh, at one point, she's calling for him, and she says she mouths Charlie. Yeah. And so I wonder if they were like, meh, it's a silent film. You and we called Charlie. <laughs> we, we both picked it up like, did she just say Charlie? Right. Yeah, we both saw it. Because <laughs> she totally did. Like running around like, Ch- Charlie. And we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's also pretty interesting how you can lip read them saying things in a pretty crude fashion. And then the, the text comes up like shortly after it. And you're like, that's not what they said. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they meant. But um, So speaking of the gammon, uh, Ellen Peterson, Paulette Goddard, who, who plays her in the movie so good fucking amazing maybe my favorite part of the whole movie like her her expressions were just so like enchanting i guess is the word like every yeah. time she was on screen i was just like huh i couldn't stop and, and it wasn't <laughs> like because like yes she was beautiful right like she, she's incredibly attractive but like so so i don't know like expressive in a weird like like i don't know disarming kind of way where i'm like i want you to have everything like i want you to just win like i want uh, you know everything for you well it's also what you got to do if there's no dialogue right is you that have too. to act all physically all with expression you yeah. know um it's like the opposite of a voice actor yeah it is <laughs> it's a face actor <laughs> it's a face actor <laughs> world famous face actor but no she she was amazing I, I love when she was like cutting up the bananas and she has a like wild look in her eyes and she's just throwing bananas up on the pier you know like the very first scene she's that was in great and then they had that like that that like mug shot of her too with like wet hair in her eyes and of course it looks like a you know a headshot <laughs> but it looks amazing she's got that like sneer in her eyes oh man she reminded me again metropolis of like the evil uh, robot version of the uh, hmm. the leading lady reminded me of her character the way that she was acting. Mm. Um, so she did you know that she was? Hey, did you know? Did you know <laughs> that she was almost very very close to being cast as uh, Scarlett O'Hara? Oh, uh, that would have uh, been Gone better. With the Wind? No, it wouldn't, because Scarlett would still be a terrible character. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, she's amazing. Um, Paula guarded, uh, but but that movie blows and that character sucks and yep. like yeah no no actress could save it nope. <laughs> now that our slaves are gone i'm slightly impoverished <laughs> i'll never work again <laughs> jesus 
I love that line uh, that Charlie Chaplin's character uh, says where he's like, I'll do it. I'll get us a home, even if I have to work for it. Oh, <laughs> so good. So funny. I So that, that nonsense song at the end, by the way, I need to talk about that. Was that nonsense? Yes. It was. Okay. It so like Italian or something. That's what that's what we said. We're like, is There's, this Italian? There, there are some Italian words in there. There are some French and there are some Spanish words in there, but it's a mishmash and they're bastardized versions. So he's not actually speaking a real language. It sounds vaguely Italian, but it's not. It's a nonsense language that he came up with. So uh I mean she did say the lyrics don't matter. <laughs> right. So it, it plays into it. So it, it's it's genius. The whole thing is genius. I've watched it a couple of times now since we've watched the movie. Because Chaplin did this like mostly silent and you know, the character doesn't talk because right. he's like the tramp the little tramp communicates with the audience by pantomime. Like he just is just expressive. That's just how he talks. And he wanted to be kind of universal where like anybody in the world could watch him and know what's going on, you know. And so that's why this isn't a talking. He doesn't talk to it. But then at the end, he's like, okay, I'm going to send off this character in this last movie. I'm going to have him talk for the first time in 20 years. He's been doing this for 20 years at this point, over 20 years. Mm. He's like, I'm going to have him talk. And so they're like building it up and building it up. And she's like, <laughs> and it's just nonsense. okay, so you got to sing. You can <laughs> sing, right? He's like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I can sing. Right. And, you know, so now the audience having like, he's already this huge, famous, iconic character, like, oh my God, he's going to sing. And like, <laughs> okay, so here are the lyrics. And he's like, you know, he's rehearsing. He's like, I, I can't remember the lyrics, sorry. And she's like, okay, it's this. And he goes to do it again. Ah, I can't, sorry. So they're building up and teasing it. And she's like, I'm just going to write them down for you. <laughs> and then another like amazing phys- physical comedy. He comes out, he's like, yeah. And, like, <laughs> it just like basically like, I'm here and throws off the cuffs immediately. It's almost too fast to see it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> And then, so now he can't, he doesn't know the lyrics and she's just like, just make them up. And so he makes up words. Like it's not even <laughs> English. It's not anything. It's just a made up. And so when the movie came out for um, foreign audiences, you know, there are no subtitles. Those didn't exist at the time, but they have like the script written out and with translations and they're like, oh, hey, uh, for this scene, there's always a note. And it was like, uh, Mr. Chaplin is singing a bo- quote-unquote bogus language. There's no translator needed. <laughs> it's nothing. It's just gibberish. And so now the audience is for the first time hearing the tramp speak, but he's still true to his character. He never. He's still pure where he's not using language to communicate his thoughts. He's still pantomiming anything and just speaking nonsense while he's still pantomiming, and that's how you get the ideas mm. of the song. And that's why it's called the nonsense song. Uh, yeah, with the context of the character and that point in the film and that being his last movie, yeah, great scene. Amazing. Did, did they know it was going to be his last movie when they filmed it? I think so. I, I'd be guessing. Right. Yeah, so here's right. like, I need a sanity check on whether or not, like, I read this entire film about about silent films and talkies. Mm-hmm. As like a as a metaphor for that, and I need to know if that's crazy or not. Like I saw the entire thing as like, 
So at the beginning of the film, it starts with the factory owner is the only one who's speaking. Yeah. I think the warden speaks. Somebody. It's only authority figures throughout the film mm. until the very end. And like it's modern times, right? Like clearly the tramp is behind the times. He can't find his place in this new world where films have noise. Um, and the whole thing culminates with like him speaking, finding his voice. Um, I want to say, and this is again just me guessing, that the fact that the only speakers in the movie at first were just authority figures was speaking to the theme of modern times, the movie, right? I think at the end with him was just a personal meta send off for the tramp. He I don't know, really man. I really, that. I really feel like it was not just about socioeconomics, but also, if my, to be fair, I haven't done any research for this film, <laughs> so I might be talking out of my ass. But like, I seem to remember reading somewhere that he was a real holdout in the silent film thing. Like, everybody was switching to talkies, and like, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. The modern times had arrived, and he was failing to adapt. And like. Part of, of of him continuing to get in trouble and not being able to find work, I read as like this sort of like metatextual like comment on his place in the film industry. Like he's being forced to I mean, Takis were obviously present at the time, right? right? And still the majority of the film is silent. It could be that. You know, but like the I don't think that uh the little tramp as a character was I don't think like it works. Waning. Well, I don't think he was like waning in popularity at that point where he was like thinking maybe maybe just like artistically he wasn't being challenged and he didn't like, you know, Charlie Chaplin didn't like, um, you know, talkies and what they stood for or whatever. So maybe this was a commentary on that. But I don't think that the the movie was a commentary on like him not being able to get more work and, and whatever. Like, I think it was just. No, not not literally. I, th- I think it was for the character himself. Like the character doesn't have a place in this modern society anymore. Maybe it was more of a send off than anything yeah. else. So it's kind of like bittersweet okay. of a send off where it's like he doesn't it's it's time and he's like not being able to keep up anymore. So like maybe you could read it that way. I think there's something to it. Yeah. Maybe I haven't done it justice, but I mean I I think you may be onto something. I think you your ass may be a little smarter than you give it credit for. <laughs> oh, I give it a lot of credit. So, ratings. What do we think? Unless you guys have any more stuff you want to input on it. No, I want to I rate this film. Okay. I mean, you should rate it first since you picked it. Do it. So, so I'm going to give this movie a 9.5. Jesus. Oh. I fucking love this movie. In fact, when we started checking the time, we had maybe three minutes left. That's, yeah. when, that's when I said, like, how much more do we have? And it wasn't like a... All right, how much one do we got? Which I do all the time for this for this podcast, you know, during the movies. I'm like, the fuck, how long? How long do we got? Even ones I kind of like, like I liked, uh, um, I liked Metropolis. I liked it was the movie. Slow, though I kept checking the time, and yeah. we watched it in like two sessions because it, it, it's long it and slow drags and long, on. Yeah, this no, uh, like no, this we, flew by. We checked it while it was ending and went like, oh man, like I kind of wanted to keep going. I all the way through. I think, I think. Charlie Chaplin's a genius, uh, both physically, like comedy wise, and with the way that he conveys his ideas and like did this really subtle kind of not underhanded, but um, very disarming way of like, hey, things are really bad, you know, in our modern society. And I got something to say about it, but I'm going to I'm going to keep it under, you know, in the, the package of comedy. And I think I don't know how much that's been done before this, but like to me, that leads into like. 
comedy as we know it today with like SNL and, and you know Second City TV and, and you know anything satirical Mr. Show where they're like <laughs> isn't the world shitty you know but mm. like let's kind of like you know we're we're um, companions in misery you know where we're like haha things do suck right you know <laughs> and like let's kind of laugh about it because otherwise we'd be crying that's kind of what this movie is in a time where I don't I can't think of any other examples fuck up kiddo yeah. Daily Show Colbert Report. For t- for today, but not 1936. I mean, no, no. I'm saying uh, you said you couldn't think. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I thought you meant you couldn't think of any more examples of, recently of a, like of an earlier example of like satire yeah, 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 like yeah, this. Yeah. Definitely well, less pointed than it's gotten now. But man, his facial expressions and his pantomime work and his, his just smile, his smile, his smile. Oh, it's so good. Uh oh my god, yeah, that kind of weird, <laughs> crooked like geek, <laughs> you know. The way that he walked, the way that he like swung the cane around, it was just so fluid and like magnanimous and and he like I don't know, he just like breathed this character that like is again, like I see why he's instantly recognizable even to this day. We're like, that's fucking Charlie Chaplin. That's the little tramp, you know, you know, like I've seen it a million times, like even just the DNA of it, even when people don't even realize that they're aping, you know, the little tramp they are, you know. That's my take. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, Devin. Yeah. What do you think? So uh, I, I, I've gone back and forth on this rating, but I've decided, fuck it. I'll just go for it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this spirit. movie a 10. Whoa. Ooh. A 10. Yeah. That's your highest. Normally, I do not believe in 10s. I mean, that uh, is the highest, but it's also your highest. You've never done a 10. Uh, so so take this with a grain of uh, a, a product of the times. It the being. modern times. <laughs> it's uh, with with the limitations of the technology of the times, right? And even despite of that, I fucking love this movie. Mm-hmm. I have almost no criticisms about it, and I was entertained throughout the entire film. That hour and a half just flew by. Yeah. It was great i was laughing you both of us were laughing the entire time out loud it holds up so well i think anybody like gets it you know what i mean it's physical comedy it's It's it's, like a universally human movie right yeah it's just it's so good um and then when you add the layers of you know touching on the great depression of the time and uh uh, all of the corporate industrialization of the world it, it it's just it's just great. It has a little bit more depth to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Boom. So that's a whole number, Matt. That's <laughs> a big deal. I feel like we should like dwell on that for a moment. Like, <laughs> what so, makes this film perfect? So I judge movies primarily on entertainment value, pure endorphin level. Yeah, pure endorphin <laughs> level. <laughs> so, what's your second favorite movie that we've ever watched? Do you know like what the next highest rated is? I'd, I'd have to look at. Them. I don't remember what my second. It's all on a whim, Matt. <laughs> well, we'll but, find out in episode twenty-five. Hey. Stay tuned, intrepid <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I guess I'm just curious, like, because ten out of ten to me, I think you just said you normally don't believe in it, and I think I've said on the podcast before, like, I'll never give a ten because it, it, you know, it gives you a ceiling. Yeah, I normally you don't believe. I normally don't believe in tens because I don't. I don't think any movie is is really perfect. And on some level, I I, I still don't. Right. Mm. That's why I said, like, with the fact that it is a mostly silent film in the category that this film falls under, it's definitely a ten out of ten for me. If I compared it to more modern films that I definitely love, it gets a little bit more complicated. But 
I'm just going with my heart. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think it's uh, the yeah. way the way I, mean, I, I love. I just loved it, you know. The way I kind of think about these ratings are like every episode, our rating for every single movie we've done beforehand could be different. Like you're just rating yeah. it in the moment. Like right now, having watched it yesterday with you in our apartment uh, in 2019, while I'm 32, 9.5. Next week could be different. A year from now it could be different. Five years from now it could sure. be different. Whether I've watched it again or not. I'm always interested. Uh, I think that's that's my argument for why you should give a 10 at some point because it could change because I feel like you do need a cap to then be able to go back to the rest of the ratings you've given and like maybe scale it again, but based off of like that was a perfect movie, you know? Otherwise, the other ratings, kind of like a 9.5 doesn't really mean anything if you never have a 10. I'm like philosophically against the idea of perfection well then the which highest is like a really pretentious thing to say but that, means, <laughs> but that means the highest rating you've ever given is now your 10 um it wasn't yeah, lovecraftian crafty enough <laughs> it was there was no love oh, okay so you're movie. saying like as, uh, just like we've never achieved <laughs> artificially a true black you can never achieve a true right. 10 i mean like so I there mean, is this, no perfect movie this there. is incredibly douchey and i apologize but you've given a zero i have yes <laughs> i think that was ironically though uh, based on this conversation there's nothing ironic about that <laughs> yeah that zero to mean means it has no redeeming qualities not that it is the negative of perfect oh yeah. but 10 is perfect and not that it has no negative qualities yes oh my god yeah it's, just, a, it's an asymmetrical scale for me bending the argument for your <laughs> <laughs> for your sake but no i i think like like the uh, there's always something that could be better always no right? i'm with you Garbage is garbage, but like perfection is something See, that. It, right. And this is what I struggle with, right? Like I agree with you, but I feel like for the time it came out, it I don't I don't think there is really much they could have done to make it a better film. For me personally, so I, I like I'm going to give it an eight. That's still pretty high for that's, you. That's that's really high, yeah. That's it is high. It was a great movie, but I think there were things that could have been better. And I picked it on it's on the record. <laughs> I picked. One of the highest rated movies across the board. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again? Uh, Rushmore was way up there, too. Yeah, you picked the highest rated and the lowest rated. You get the whole spectrum. Oh, wait, I didn't pick Rushmore. I just love Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> you picked that one. Yeah, you're, you're just trying that. to take credit. That's true. I also I picked, picked Rushmore. <laughs> the, now, the now within our, our show, uh, historically bad movie, the... Gone with the wind. The, the one that we keep talking about as the bad movie. <laughs> so bad. That is our floor. <laughs> but I also picked our ceiling. Modern times. Would you? I don't you know. Would, we all rated. Um, it wasn't a ten, but we all rated Citizen Kane pretty. That's it. You didn't rate Citizen Kane a perfect ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I found, think it's personal enjoyment, though. Like I said, I I, I rate movies primarily on entertainment value, mm. right? I yeah. Like I understand them as an art form to make a point whether that's a political point or a philosophical point whatever it may be but primarily i watch movies to be entertained yeah did you like that point that was made <laughs> did it hit home with you do you care about it you know right like um, like so citizen kane i'm pretty sure i rated it lower than modern times was citizen kane a better more impactful film i absolutely probably yeah, yeah i think so i think it was a better made film that said more than modern times did I like Modern Times more than Citizen Kane, so I gave it a higher number. I think. Mm. I'm pretty sure I did. I rate things based off how I enjoy them. Plus, this is a film that I feel like I want to show people. Right? Yeah. Like that song at the end, I would absolutely just like pick out and, and bring people and show people. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit in into this episode. You're you're gonna be 
Listener, you've heard it already. You're welcome. Oh, we're totally doing that, right? <laughs> I've been doing that now. That's like a thing I've been doing is cutting in clips of the movies. Way to listen to our own podcast, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, he kind of Matt's been appreciating it because he listens I sometimes. Do. It kind of transcends no, language, through. you know, in a lot of ways, right? You I just do. need to translate those handful of cards for the most part, and otherwise, it's all physical communication, yeah, or visual communication. Which I, th- I think goes into that whole, like, with constraints, you get a lot of creativity, you mm. know? Like, when... when cause, like, I'm, I'm of two minds with that. I feel like I've even talked about this on the show, where, like, if you have someone who's, like, an auteur with no bounds, they end up making something insane and ridiculous. So, like, a great example for me is the, the Wachowskis, right? The Wachowskis made uh, The Matrix on a budget with not a lot of people backing Ugh. them. And it was incredible, right? Amazing. Then, because of their clout, they, and so they have a ton of budget and a ton of time and a ton of leeway, people going like, no, 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 this is Wachowskis. They don't know what they're doing. They went on to do Cloud Atlas, which is just <laughs> a bloated piece of shit, long movie with, with too much to say. And, you know, it's it's not good. No. <laughs> I, the Cloud Atlas has redeeming qualities. I couldn't finish it. It's no you Matrix, though. It? I couldn't even finish I it. I couldn't. I didn't either. I got like maybe half an hour, an hour in, and I just like, I can't do this. Yeah. This is awful. So do you know, I mean, this is totally an aside, and you should probably cut this, but <laughs> the original book, the Cloud Atlas book, is written nested. So you start story A, and then in story A, they find a book about story B, and then you do the first half of story B, where they find oh. a recording about story C. And it goes down to the deepest story, and then that deepest story finishes. Oh. And then you get the back half of each of the stories as you come out. Here's my pitch for hmm. a new reboot of Cloud Atlas. The never-ending stories. Never-ending uh, story. No, 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 no. It's never-ending stories. You got to really <laughs> pronounce that S at the end. Never-ending yeah, stories. Devin and I had a whole thing <laughs> like the other day. Um, so yeah. with that, yeah. Matt, what are we doing next week? <laughs> uh, apologies in advance. Oh I'm sure God. you're both going to hate it. Oh, okay. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were about to say that you didn't have a pick and I was going to like roast the shit out of you. <laughs> no, no, no. I looked one up before I came <laughs> Thank over. Thank you. See? So, uh, I'm ashamed I've never seen this movie. Uh, and I love the director. Uh, I'm very proud of you preemptively for picking a movie that you're ashamed to pick. I think that's the point of the show. Yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, my God. You've never seen this? Oh, my God. Oh Devin, my. you've seen this movie? I have. Oh, my God. Have you? Yes. <laughs> I've seen the movie you haven't seen. Oh, my God. We've both oh seen a movie that Matt hasn't God. seen. <laughs> <laughs> historic moment, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> you guys are startling, D. That is one point for D money. <laughs> D, I'm sorry we're freaking you out. That's my cat uh, for anyone who's a new listener. <laughs> She doesn't look happy that we're screaming, but this is crazy. Yeah. Not only has Devin heard of the movie, he's seen it. I, I know. have seen it. I know. And you haven't. I know. This it's, is, honestly, wow. it is a shameful Sh- thing shame. that I've never seen it. Shame. No, 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 no. Let's not shame. <laughs> this he shames is a place. me all the time. This, this is my is, one opportunity. <laughs> this is self-betterment, Devin. Yes, this I'm is a safe place. I'm owning my shortcomings, and I'm bettering myself. <laughs> Yeah, like everything else. I don't care. I want to belittle you. (laughs) Everything else is on the table and is a target for ridicule. But not having seen something, this is a safe place for that. Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) Since when? You haven't even heard of them. (laughs) 
Oh, that's true, actually. We've been making fun of Devin this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, Tyler? Uh, we haven't been making fun of Devin for not having seen things. We've been making fun of him for never even having heard of okay, things. Okay, that's a very... That is, that, no, 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 no. That's no, a no. very good no, extent, no, no. distinction. There's, there's no fucking distinction there. Yeah, no, because... Devin, ask me if I've heard of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> hey, um, Matt. Hey, never, Tyler. You've never seen 2001, right? It's true, actually. I'm really Do you know the theme, the being main theme... Of yeah. the movie, the song yeah, yeah, that goes with yeah, it. Yeah. Do you know how it goes? Uh, the, it's the... Burr, 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 burr. I can't say Oh, it. <laughs> and what's happening in that scene? Uh, there are monkeys and there's a big black obelisk. See, this is the distinction right here. <laughs> hey, Damon, what's Good Man and the Ugly? I don't know, a movie? <laughs> Maybe. Is it about an ugly dude? Is that a YouTube video that came out last safe year? Spa- t- space, safe <laughs> space, Tyler. <laughs> it's a space safe, man. Yes, it is a safe space... Um, to admit movies you've never seen, not to not be aware of the worlds around you. Here's this an interesting is question. a bullshit conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> because it used to be Citizen Kane, and then it was 2001, so I'm just like working my way down the list of things yeah, I'm yeah, most yeah. ashamed that I've never seen. I like it. What are your guys', like, what's your top movie that you're ashamed you haven't seen? Oh, yeah. I don't even know the name. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> No, that's a really fair (laughs) answer. I don't know what I haven't seen that's popular. He's afraid of the movie that everyone's thinking of that he can't even come up with. That's really fair (laughs) to me. I have no clue. I have no shame. So you can't, there's no movie that you know is like universally acclaimed that you've never seen and you've always thought I should see that. I don't know. Probably if I like looked it up and was like, hey, what's a list of really popular movies? And I'm like, hey, I know that name. I haven't seen that. Gone with the Wind was that for me. You're not carrying a lot of shame if if it's not your constant companion. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't have any shame about it because I don't think movies are that important. I, I don't think there's one singular movie that mm. I'm like, oh, I can't. But they're, they're like people's like. So Charlie Chaplin was one of them. The reason mm. I paid this was like, oh, it's a Charlie Chaplin movie. I can't give you one single example of him, but I know that character. You know, Marx Brothers is another one. I mentioned that uh, yeah. an episode ago. I've got like a whole list in my head of things that we're going to make it through at some point. Uh, most of uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock stuff, like Rear Window. It's going to be on my list at some point if you guys don't pick it. Vertigo is another one. North by Northwest. Yeah. Never seen. The Birds. Yep. I've never seen that one. A lot of like um, we should space those out rather yeah, than yeah, just yeah. do a bunch of Hitchcock. All I know we just like <laughs> like like rattle them all off, but we're not going to do that next. the next four episodes, guys. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock block. I mean, we kind Cock of did. Block. <laughs> we kind of did a uh, Sydney Lumet block. That's true, yeah. but that was organic. That was organic. Yeah. Turns out he was just around a lot. <laughs> he was just there. He's just there all the time. <laughs> Uh, this movie was mostly silent. Shh, silent. Shh, it was mostly silent, but Shh. a couple of times there was some talking. Hello, yeah, I am the talking. boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Get of back here. to work. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Throughout other episodes, they reveal more of his backstory. Oh, he's like a recurring. He just, he just pepper. He's like peppered in a bunch of episodes at the end. His limbs were blown not off, but in what? to his mind, making mind it more qu- powerful. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how I became Mind Quad in the first place. <laughs> nice. And then eventually he gets a sidekick, Jimmy Boombox. It's amazing. That's a very satisfying sound. It is, isn't it? 
We are now an ASMR podcast. You know, I don't always drink, but when I do, I drink flat gin and tonics. (laughs) 